You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL, and it's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. Happy Friday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. Today on the podcast, we're getting back to the basics. We're doing our normal Friday routine. And it's been a while since we've been able to do this because the Bills have been playing on Thursday and Monday, and we've got a routine to keep up with and the show concept that seems to suffer when we have to pivot and go off script is the Friday podcast. But today is going to feel like a very normal Friday where we're going to do leftover thoughts. We're going to talk to Kyle Trimble, doctor of physical therapy about the injury situation. And then I'm going to give you a full slate of predictions. Now, before I get into my leftover thoughts, I want to wish a happy birthday to Russell Yergamo and welcome to the 30 club. It's Russell's 30th birthday and a big shout out to your wife, Brittany, for making me aware of it being your birthday. And I want to thank you for your support on the podcast. I hope to see you tonight at Sunny Reds. If you guys can make it out again, seven o'clock, we're going to do a live podcast, Sunny Reds in Lackawanna with the Shout Podcast, Ryan Talbot, Matt Perino. is going to be a lot of fun. And um, I'll say this, your 30s, they're better than your 20s. That was the case for me, at least. I really enjoyed my 30s so far. I'm only halfway through my 30s, but I've enjoyed my 30s a lot more than I did my 20s. So happy birthday to you, and I sure hope the Bills can deliver a win on Sunday to put an exclamation point on what I hope is a really fun birthday weekend for you. So let's dig into my leftover thoughts, and I kind of turned this back on you because I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go with my leftover thoughts this week, and so I put it on Twitter asking for what you wanted to hear about in leftover thoughts, and I've got three different things that came across that I want to respond to. The first is, is this a must-win game? Is Sunday against Carolina a must-win game for the Buffalo Bills? And I'm guessing when you ask if it's a must-win game, we're talking about the playoffs and whether or not the Bills have to have this game to go to the playoffs. Technically, no. I think the Bills can lose one more game the rest of the season and still make the playoffs. There's a decent chance if they go 2-2 and over the last four that they still make the playoffs. Now, if they lose this one, you know, they pretty much need to make sure that they beat New England and, of course, the Falcons and Jets. So while I'm going to stop short of calling it a must-win game, come on now. This is one the Bills have to take care of. Home field against an undermanned Carolina team that doesn't have a quarterback situation ironed out. That's without Christian McCaffrey, a banged-up, undermanned offensive line, a couple of good receivers, but they don't have the quarterback that can really maximize that talent. Have a nice defense, but you got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and a dynamic offense. 
So you need to go win this game. Technically, it's not a must-win game, but if they don't win this game, it will really solidify that the Bills are just not it this year, right? Like, they don't deserve to go to the playoffs. Maybe they still will, but it will definitely be the backdoor kind of just wobble your way in. Three in a row? You'd lose three in a row? I'm not prepared for that. So I'll stop short of calling it a must-win game, but it's also a must-win game if that makes sense. Another good question that came through is, will the Bills give Marquez Stevenson a few snaps on offense in the coming weeks or hold off for the playoffs and a potential better weather game on the road or keep him entirely focused on returns? Also, do you see any offensive twists in personnel or play calling? So I don't honestly anticipate much from Marquez Stevenson on offense. I think that they want him to focus on the return game and maximizing his ability to contribute in that capacity. Now, this game against Carolina is a great opportunity for Marquez Stevenson to produce as a kick returner. We talked about this at the end of the comprehensive primer on Wednesday. Carolina has struggled to cover kicks this year. They are allowing 27.7 yards per kick return, which is second worst in the NFL. They're not good at kick, at covering kicks, and their kicker, Zane Gonzalez, is not necessarily a very consistent touchback guy. Only 63.6% of his kickoffs result in touchbacks. And so this is a good week for Marquez Stevenson to really test that kick coverage unit and see if he can produce some big plays and set the Bills up with some short fields on offense. So I don't expect really anything from him on offense, but this could be a big week for him as a kick returner. Now, as for any twists in personnel or play calling, I don't think the Bills are going to have Emmanuel Sanders for this game, which means more Gabriel Davis. And I know for a lot of you, that's very exciting because when the Bills throw the ball to Gabriel Davis, a lot of good things happen. And we saw that last week when Emmanuel Sanders went down and Gabriel Davis took on a more prominent role in the offense, and he made some big plays. And I know that they love to get the ball to Gabe Davis on those glance routes and the RPO type stuff and some shots down the field and kind of leaking him into space. And so I think there could be some nice opportunities to get Gabe Davis going and build some momentum with him in this offense. And so I know that may be a bit of a cheap answer because we are not expecting Sanders to play. And so naturally we're going to see more Davis, but seeing more Davis is something I know a lot of people are hungry to see and I'm anxious to see how it all comes together and if he can produce in a more prominent role without having Sanders on the field to take some of that t- attention away from him. Now, obviously, I also think this is going to mean more Isaiah McKenzie. And we saw that last week against Tampa Bay where the jet motion stuff and incorporating McKenzie a bit more on the offense was part of the plan. And I think it should be moving forward. So those are the two things that I think will be the the big differences this week and maybe moving forward as it relates to the Bills' offense. The last thing I want to talk about in leftover thoughts is a question that was asked of me that is very simple. Who is your wife cheering for this weekend? And so just to catch everyone up to speed, my wife is a Carolina Panthers fan. She's born and raised in the Charlotte area. 
She fell in love with Carolina Panthers growing up. Certainly that 2015 team is one that she um, really loves, right? She, she wishes that they were still at that level. Um, and so she's a big Carolina Panthers fan. Now, as the Panthers and Bills have gone in different directions and the Bills have become a very fun team to root for with superstars like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Trey White, she's allowing that Bills fandom to creep in quite a bit. And she's even told me that the gap has narrowed. And so we're going to be at the game on Sunday. We'll be there in the stands. And I've told her, I said, you're going to know. You're going to see those two teams on the field, and you're going to know who you want to win. Now, circumstances would favor the Bills, right? We're in the Bills' home stadium. She's going to be surrounded by Bills' mafia. She's going to be in her feelings about the Bills' side of things while simultaneously being down on the Carolina Panthers, right? She's not fully bought in on Matt Rule. She's not fully bought in on the direction of the team. And so it's a pretty ripe opportunity for her to allow the the scale to tip in favor of the Bills. Now, I don't know what she's wearing to the game. She's told me she's packed a Carolina Panthers snow hat, or in the South, they call it a toboggan, like a, a beanie, something you would wear on your, your hat, like a snow cap is what I'd call it. She calls it a toboggan like people in the South do. So she's got a Panthers toboggan, to my knowledge, packed, but she might just be going neutral, but she'll know. She'll have a rooting interest. We'll see. We'll see when that shout song's playing, if she's clapping along. Because she was during the Houston game when we were in the stands. So it should be fun. I've got a feeling that she's going to kind of join the wave here and, and certainly, at least for this game, want the Bills to win because the implications are much more significant for Buffalo in terms of where they could go this year. But obviously, I'm concerned about the long term here. And I'd love for her to uh, get to that point where the Bills are her number one team. And we're chipping away and we keep getting closer and closer. And now this is the pinnacle, right? She's in the stands. The Bills and Panthers are on the field. She'll know who she wants to win that game. We'll report back. We'll let you know how it went next week on the podcast. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first-of-its-kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house and head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. 
With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero is head to head the way fantasy sports should be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble, doctor of physical therapy. He runs bangedupbills.com. You could follow him on Twitter. At Banged Up Bills, he joins us each week to talk injuries regarding the Bills entering their upcoming game. And we have to start with Josh Allen, limited all week with a foot injury. And there was some speculation earlier in the week that you know his status was very much up in the air. And I think the team's at least going to tell you that it's up in the air, as I'm sure Sean McDermott would like to preserve the competitive advantage that might exist from not affirming that Josh Allen is good to go. But anyways, I do want your thoughts on his status. And then everyone's going to be curious about the implications here. What is he going through? What's the pain like? Is there a potential for re-injury? You know, it feels like there's a lot of layers to this and I'd like to get your thoughts. So the team clarified that Josh is dealing with a foot sprain, which is far better than the initial turf toe that was put out there by Chris Mortensen and Ian Rappaport. Uh, he's dealing with the foot sprain, which is a midfoot sprain. So we're talking the cuneiforms, the navicular, the cuboid. Uh, really, it's the arch in your foot. Uh, so if you imagine where like, the bumps to your ankle are, and then you look at the top of the foot and you go out just to pass that maybe two inches, uh, give or take for some people's foot sizes, that's what we're talking about. Um, he could be dealing with a sprain in the metatarsals, which are long bones that connect the actual toes to the midfoot, but for the idea of where the midfoot sprain is at, that's where it's talking about there. So it's more of a pain thing. There certainly could be some instability in there because it is a sprain. There is damage to ligaments. Um, That's where we do see injuries such as uh, Liz Franck happen in that area, but we know it's not that serious because they would have reported that. So it's more of a pain thing. He's going to have some difficulty pushing off the foot when he's running, most likely sprinting. Uh, we did see in practice today that he's moving pretty good, though he's not moving at full speed there. Um, I like the fact that when he was uh, throwing balls, he was throwing with some zip. He was putting pressure through the front foot, and he wasn't seem like he was having to overuse his arm to get the ball there. So um, the team is pretty confident. They're saying that he's going to be playing. He's saying he's feeling pretty good. And the team was very forthcoming with how they were saying that he was participating um, in practice and then at that Monday press conference with how they're looking for uh, Sunday to play. So, which we don't usually see that usually more cagey bats. So I don't see where he wouldn't play the average time for a guy to miss for a foot sprain is six days, according to the research, but everybody's different. So um, once we got the fact that, or once we got the clarification that it was a foot sprain, not turf toe, that was a far better outlook, and this isn't something that should linger um, as much unless he does get injured, which he would need a similar mechanism of injury. Um, as a chance of resuffering an injury, or excuse me, suffer another injury, I would say that I don't know that there's any more greater chance to suffer a re-injury to the area than it was before. I mean, it was a freak thing that happened. 
he would need a similar approach to injure it, but I don't know that playing through it's going to really make it hurt worse unless he's running for his life, like you said, with uh, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So I'm feeling pretty good about him. It'd be a total shock if they sit him for some reason, but that would be based off of matchups more than anything. So limited designation isn't too concerning. Well, I don't enjoy Josh Allen being injured. I have enjoyed uh, Bill's Mafia on Twitter, right? You've got people that are like, yeah, my godparents have this, you know, pizzeria and he went there with Mitch Trubisky and had pizza and salad and he didn't have a walking boot. And this guy's going to see a, a play, right? Hamilton and everyone's scouring through pictures and looking at uh, different things on social media to see if he has a walking boot on. And so you can never not count on Bill's Mafia to do their part when it comes to the detective work uh, as it relates to Bill's and injury situations. Let's uh, let's shift gears to some of these players that are limited on the report that aren't named Josh Allen. Jerry Hughes, foot injury. He's been limited all week so far, Wednesday and Thursday. Starla Tulele missed last week. He's been limited Wednesday, Thursday with a toe. And then Tommy Sweeney, who also missed last week, hip injury, limited Wednesday and Thursday. Your overall thoughts on those three situations? Uh, we'll work bottom and top since I'm looking at the injury report. Sweeney. What we're seeing limited supports the uh, hip flexor strain that uh, I thought last week. In fact, he's limited. Um, don't really know too much more than what we did last week, but it's good to see he's practicing a living fashion. Um, it was interesting that the team only ran with one tight end last week. I know they have Reggie Gilliam, but still only a true tight end in Dawson Knox. Uh, Star, we just don't know too much more other than he's limited, which is a good sign uh, moving forward. And then Jerry Hughes, he was the only new addition to the injury report from what we knew out of the game and then uh, from what they had on Wednesday's practice. Uh, I went through and looked at the film, and I didn't see anything noteworthy that he was limping after play or that he had exit. It seemed like he has normal rotation of snaps that he usually plays. Uh, there was one play early in the fourth quarter where it seemed like he got tripped up, but there wasn't anything that said, hey, this is what's going on, or that was a similar injury to what uh, Josh Allen was dealing with. Um, he does have a prior foot injury from last year. He played through. Uh, I don't anticipate this limiting him at all. He had he did have an Ironman streak prior to uh, the end of last year when they sat him out due to veteran rest in the Miami game week 17. But other than that, I can't remember last time he's missed a game due to injury, and he's played through some serious injuries. So uh, Hughes, I'm not worried about, but it seems like Tommy Sweeney and Starr are trending in the right direction and uh, potentially should be good to go uh, for Sunday. The last thing I want to get into is Taiwan Jones and Emmanuel Sanders, both veteran players, both with knee injuries, both have not practiced all week long. I'm guessing neither are forecasted to play, in your opinion, this week? We know Sanders isn't expected to play because they say he's week to week, and I've don't recall any guy being week to week that plays next week. It just doesn't doesn't happen under McDermott run uh, team. So what's interesting about Sanders is that it wasn't clear where he injured the uh, knee. It seemed to be as though he injured the right knee late in the second quarter uh, within that two two minute window. I don't know what he did because he was running his route. He came out toward the end, and I did post up on Twitter if you want to guys to go find it. He seems like he gets pushed out of bounds near the edge and then like stutter steps and then reaches down for his right knee and then kind of walks off. There wasn't a ton of limping, but then he was quickly real questionable and ruled out. So 
I can't figure out what he did, but obviously it's severe enough that they said week to week early on where they said that he probably wasn't going to play on uh, Sunday. And they said that back on Monday. Um, as for Taiwan Jones, he suffered the left knee injury on putt return with uh, 10.05 left in the first quarter. He tried running back toward the pile and got his knee hit. He was questionable return. He did return. Uh, upon looking for the Jerry Hughes uh, injury, I did see that Taiwan returned with a brace. I couldn't really tell. It, was, it seemed like it was more of a hinge brace than a true compression sleeve. So it looked like a contusion. I didn't think that it would keep him out from playing. But we've seen this pattern with Jones before. He'd suffered the hamstring injury prior to the Chiefs game, and he ended up playing despite not practicing the uh, two practices, and then he was limited before that. So considering his role on special teams, he's playing less snaps. He's playing um, less in general, so he might be able to go. Uh, and he was still moving pretty good considering the knee injury. So we did know that McDermott wanted to rest guys in general because they're coming off the overtime reps. Uh, they're coming off of a physical game. And so this all might be a god part of that where they're just trying to rest the veteran guys and try to get other guys ready as much as possible, limiting their practice reps so they can go on Sunday. He's uh, Kyle Trimble, doctor of physical therapy, runs bangeduppills.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at bangeduppills. Kyle, as always, thank you for sharing your expertise. Thank you, Joe. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated website and sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive that bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, Covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And they have so many great flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter? So many great flavors. And look, tell Santa to bring you some Bilt Bars to fill up those stockings with so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. I've got a deal for you. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, folks, it is prediction time. I've got five of them for you. Our traditional slate of predictions that we usually do on the podcast. I know the last few weeks have not been this way, but we got to get back to what we do here. And I feel good about the way I'm thinking about this game. So my first prediction, the Bills defense forces at least two turnovers. And if you guys recall, this week on Herd Mentality, I was asked about what the keys are for the Bills moving forward to gain some steam win out, and rally into the playoffs. And my key for the defense was get 
back to taking away the football. The Bills' defense over the last four games has forced just one turnover. One. That's it. It's time to get back to that. Now, the Carolina Panthers, they will turn it over. They have three turnovers in each of their last two games. So six turnovers over the last two games and at least two turnovers in five of the last six. Now, Matt Rule, their head coach, he's come out and talked about how they have to protect the football and not give it away. All right. I hear you. You're right. But that's not a new message. Every coach preaches, don't turn the ball over. So I don't think this is the week they get it right. Not on the road, not in a game against a team that is just much more established in terms of who they are. So give me the Bills defense forcing at least two takeaways on Sunday. Number two, the Bills offense has at least 140 rushing yards. That's right, 140 rushing yards from the Bills on Sunday. If they do that, that will rank among the top five most productive rushing performances that they've had all season. And I think this is a great opportunity for the Bills' rush offense to show up for a number of reasons. Number one, I think the Carolina Panthers can be had on the ground. They've been exposed on the ground this year by several teams and not necessarily teams that are great at running the football. Number two is you feel like with Josh Allen's foot, you know, at least sprained and not 100%, that this is the type of game where you'd expect the run game to pick up a bit. So you have a bad run defense and a team that needs to run the football, plus you're at home, plus it's going to be cold. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was beautiful today. I went out and did some shopping, had to pick up a few things for the trip. I was in shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops. It was warm. It's warm here. It's going to be low 30s, high 20s on Sunday. I think the Bills are going to run right at this defense and have a productive day rushing the football. I think this is one of those games where you kind of put that offensive line on notice. You put those running backs on notice and say, hey, we need more out of you this week. We need more. And I'm counting on the Bills answering the call. Number three, the Carolina Panthers will have under 200 yards passing on Sunday. Why is that? Well, I don't think their quarterbacks are very good at throwing the football. Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, these guys are not surgeons throwing the ball. They're not accurate passers. And you have a very good, experienced Bills defense that has always been good at stopping the pass. You have a hobbled DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson's been inconsistent this season. And they just don't have a lot of depth to their offensive weapons right now without Christian McCaffrey and not really having that third receiver that stepped up for them this year. So I think it's a very good recipe for a very modest day throwing the football for the Carolina Panthers. So give me Carolina with less than 200 yards passing. Number four, at least three sacks for the Bills defense. We've talked a lot about how the Bills get pressure, but they don't necessarily finish with a lot of sacks. I think Cam Newton and P.J. Walker are very sackable quarterbacks. And so I think the Bills will 
be pretty aggressive with how they heat them up? Because I think you can, right? You're not super concerned with those guys really working the ball into tight windows and tough spots, and you can really bring some extra rushers and get after these quarterbacks and force some negative plays and, you know, obviously some sacks. So give me the Bills defense with at least three sacks on Sunday. And then last but not least, I do predict that the Bills will win this game. I just can't imagine them losing three straight. I can't imagine them losing at home in this type of game, considering the circumstances for both teams. I just feel like this is a moment that the Bills will meet. Now, every single NFL team has a formula, has a script. There is a way for them to win. But as I envision that script for Carolina, they're going to have to do some things that are a bit out of the realm of their capability. They're going to have to throw the football a bit. Or they're going to have to be dominant running the football. And they've not proven to be that type of team. And I know that there's a lot of opinions about the Bills' run defense, but look at it. Go look at the rushing production against the Bills this year. Yeah, they've had some really poor performances, but for the most part, they have not been gashed in the run game. Carolina, with that offensive line, with Chuba Hubbard as the running back, not the type of team that's really going to exploit the Bills on the ground. And I just don't think they're going to bottle up Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox. I just don't think it's going to happen. So put me down for a Bills win on Sunday. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Again, tonight, Sunny Reds in Lackawanna, 7 p.m. I'm teaming up with the Shout Podcast, Ryan Talbot, Matt Perino. We're doing a live show on location. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's giveaways, and we just want to hang out. 7 o'clock tonight, and I'm hopeful that I'll have the audio from that live podcast, and I will be able to post it to Locked On Bills. And so you can listen to it on Saturday if you're unable to come out on Friday night. So I think that's going to be the case. That's my understanding that that will be the case. And if so, it'll be in your podcast feed for you on Saturday so everyone can catch up on anything they may have missed. But obviously, I want to see you. I want to meet you guys and spend some time with you in person as opposed to just me talking to a wall. You know, I know that there are thousands of real people that listen to this podcast, and it means a lot to me when I get a chance to meet them. So I hope to do just that tonight. All right, folks, that's it for today. Again, tomorrow, I'm thinking we're going to have another podcast for you to listen to. Hope to see a bunch of you tonight. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.